Hello everyone and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about strange things that happen in history. I am your host for this week, Barnaby King, and joining me as ever is my co-host, Amelia Edwards. Hello. Hello. So, uh, a little bit of admin, I guess, before we get underway. Uh, We are looking at possibly migrating our RSS feed for this podcast in the coming weeks. So, hopefully, that should mean absolutely nothing to (laughs) anyone listening to this. Hopefully, it will all go completely smoothly and you don't won't have to worry about anything but there might be some difficulties so uh to keep apprised of anything you should make sure that you're following us on twitter at that time when for and we'll keep you apprised if there are any problems going on like i said hopefully not but you know just 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 to keep (laughs) you in the know what why are you laughing at that good use of the word apprise thank you (laughs) it's a good word it is yeah So this week, I am going to be talking about dancing. Ah! Yes. So uh, as it stands currently in this country, um, our lockdown is extended. Yep. Um, We were meant to be getting out of it at the beginning of last week. We were. But... Dreams. Yeah. But unfortunately, the government elected to control the borders failed to control the borders. So we're stuck inside for a bit longer. Now, one of the things that we were going to do once, you know, we were freely able to, mm-hmm. was go out to a local discotheque <laughs> and have a lovely dance of an evening. I don't know about you, but I love going to the assembly ball. <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, uh, our friends love going clubbing. Yeah. Uh, even though we are all pushing 30. <laughs> we are the sad old people now. We are indeed. And obviously, like, dancing in that sort of way, you know, it's fun. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a bit of a laugh. It's it's a good night. It's very infectious. Uh, infectious indeed. Uh, and that is the word we are looking at because I want to look today at dancing plagues. Okay. So is this people who, like us, decided to go out clubbing to the waterfront? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> shout out to the waterfront. Shout out to the waterfront <laughs> if it still exists. It will. Um, so they decided to go to the waterfront whoop, whoop, and then they spread COVID? No. Okay. This is about plagues of dancing Uh, wherein dancing is the main symptom of this condition people are compelled to dance and cannot stop and it infects others until you've got whole communities dancing uh with no way of stopping them Uh, okay um i'm just (laughs) imagining now this is going to be a niche reference okay but you know that one episode of Spaced where they decide that they're going to go out clubbing? Yeah. And, um... Brian. Yeah, and Brian is trying not to dance because he had a bad experience <laughs> back in the past. Yes. And then he's just like, I've got to dance. Yeah, kind of, except this isn't a I want to dance, it's I physically cannot stop dancing. Okay. And this is something that... It has some basis in ancient history. Uh, There's some records talking about this in sort of Greco-Roman 
uh, times, but the majority of it comes from between the 14th mm-hmm. to the mid-20th century. Sorry, the mid-20th century? The mid-20th century, yes. Um, who who was dancing plagues in the 1950s? Oh, I will tell you about that, because okay. that is the specific sort of dancing plague I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> All right. Because... There are a number of different types of dancing plague. Oh my god. And I'm going to talk about a particularly interesting one. It okay. kind of differs from the rest, but I'll I'll talk about that in a sec. Just to give you uh, a bit more of an overview of dancing plagues in general, uh, the earliest reliable record we have of one of these outbreaks uh, comes from Arkan. Uh, once the seat of the Holy Roman Empire. Oh, oh, yes, that Archon, as in where Charlemagne had his throne. Yes, in 1374, they had Mm -hmm. an outbreak of uh, this dancing plague. Uh, The most famous one, and if anyone has heard of dancing plagues, this is probably the one they know about, is one that took place in Strasbourg in 1518, and it lasted from July to September. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, question. Mm -hmm. Um, With the dancing plagues... Yeah. Would... Would the original dancers manage, manage to survive from July to September? So it's hard to tell because records can be a bit spotty. Mm-hmm. People did definitely dance themselves to death. Great. They died from exhaustion. Um, but there are there are a lot of theories about dancing plagues because one of the thing about one of the things that's interesting about them is we don't really have a modern answer for them. <laughs> okay. Uh, the main one that is sort of touted around is that it's a mass psychogenic illness. Okay. Which sometimes you could hear it as a mass hysteria. Right. I love mass hysteria because it's something that gets said a lot about anything in history that we don't really understand. Yeah. That happens for a long period of time. Yeah. People tend to use it for like Salem mm. or the witch trials in general. Yeah. And it's like, but what? What do you mean? Like, is is there something modern that counts as mass hysteria? I guess in a way we have things like, you could say that panic buying, for example, at the beginning of the pandemic, when mm-hmm. people were panic buying loo roll, in a way you could consider that quite a minor sort of mass hysteria. Okay, but there is panic buying loo roll because you believe that everyone else is going to buy up all the loo roll. Mm-hmm. And then there is dancing yourself to death on the streets like is this just extreme FOMO like do you (laughs) do you think this is going to be one of those things where one day you're going to look back on it and you didn't join in with all these people dancing until they're exhausted so you get into it and then you're like oh but I can't possibly leave like what what's going on well like I said it's it's hard to tell really um a few people have different theories as to why these might have happened and I will go over them in the end But uh, the specific type of dancing plague that I'm going to talk about does have a root cause or a a believed cause. Okay. This is a form of dancing plague called Tarantism. Okay. So I'm getting a lot of my information uh, from a paper by uh, Jean Fogo Russell. Uh, She was an academic who wrote pretty much the the paper on Tarantism in a journal called Medical History. Okay. Uh, Sadly, she died in 2009, uh, and she actually wrote this paper in the 1970s, but 
from what I could get a hold of, mm-hmm. this is like the paper on it. Okay. So, you heard it here first, folks. Yes. So, Tarantism, it's a hysterical illness and it occurred only in Italy. Okay. Most of these dancing plagues took place throughout continental Europe. Right. Um, but only continental Europe. Oh, only Europe. It didn't spread further. That's weird. I know, right? This is, yeah. yeah. Why doesn't Asia have dancing plagues? I have no idea, but <laughs> okay. from what I could see, there are no instances of it. Basically, dancing plagues are a strictly European phenomena. Okay, fine. Um, and Tarantism is even more specific because it occurs. It occurred only in Italy. Okay. Only in southern Italy, and particularly <laughs> okay. in one region called Apulia. All right. It was written about uh, as early as the 11th century, but mm-hmm. it was most commonplace in the 16th and 17th centuries. And it had a, as I said, a specific physical cause. Okay. Which is that Tarantism was caused by a spider bite. Oh my God. This is why, well, one of the reasons it's called Tarantism, because yeah. it comes from the word tarantula, meaning spider. Right. Uh, the spider in question that's believed to have caused this bite that made people dance uh, is not actually the tarantula. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's the wolf spider, uh, Lycosa tarantula is its latin name okay sure okay so the the tarantula or wolf spider bites you and then you dance yes or possibly you dance to cure yourself from the spider bites okay yeah so <laughs> a brief thing before we continue one of the things that made researching this episode particularly difficult is that i have a phobia of spiders oh, and no. i had to look up stuff about spiders which meant a number of images kept cropping up because you know google does that thing you just want the information and they're like here we'll give you about 14 images of horrific looking spiders mm-hmm. i'm so, sorry uh, that's all right so the actual whether or not the dancing is a symptom or it's a cure for the spider bite it kind of differs from place to place some places saw it as this is a symptom Mm-hmm. And some places saw that like you've been bitten by a venomous spider. Oh God, we need to cure you. Get dancing. Okay. And as I said, Apulia, uh, a southern state in Italy, was one of the first places that used music and dancing as a cure for spider bites. Okay. It's also one of the places that saw the highest rates of tarantism throughout the entirety of history. Okay, presumably because they're like, okay, everyone, let's get grooving. And then everyone else gets this mass hysteria and joins it. And is like, yeah, yeah, let's get rid of spider bites. Basically, um, you would have like an instigator. Mm -hmm. And then other people would kind of have phantom spider bites. Oh, my God. They would believe that they had been bitten and so join in. Okay. And then, you know, more and more people start joining in because suddenly there's lots of people dancing in the middle of the village. Right. And you're like, but what if I've been bitten by a spider? Exactly. Maybe I should dance too. Exactly. This is just reminding me too much of that one case a few years ago when I can't remember what part of the world exactly it was in, but a lot of men became convinced that they'd eaten like contaminated pork and their penises were shrinking. I think that was Japan. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, Koro. Yes. Yes, it it is that sort of thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't know. I've eaten this contaminated pork too. Maybe my penis is getting smaller. And they, like, obviously nothing was shrinking. Yeah. Because that's not how pork works. <laughs> or oh, how penises work. <laughs> but they were just, like, they became so convinced that they were like, you know, I am absolutely certain it's got smaller. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you could draw comparisons to that, but that would mean us talking about penises too much. So let's drop that by the wayside, shall we? Okay, day. <laughs> let's go uh, back to spiders. Tarantella. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, melody used to accompany this dancing is actually specified mm-hmm. um, that it should be quick, lively, repetitive, and uninterrupted. Okay. Uh, it should get faster and faster as the tune goes along. And it became known as a word you just used, Tarantella. Tarantella. Uh, when I was younger, I had to do choral speaking. Ooh. Um, which is a mad, mad extracurricular activity for schools to do. Because it's basically you recite poetry. Right. With a group of other people. And... You you do effects with it? That is mad. Why did you do that? I don't know. It was a thing at my school. <laughs> I thought it was normal at the time. <laughs> that's, that's not normal. And one of the ones we did was Tarantella. There was oh, a poem about it. I see. So yes, the Tarantella is also the name, the modern name for a particular dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's most likely, but there are some people who disagree, that it comes from this condition. Right. That uh, the name Tarantella was first used for the melody used to uh, placate or like help along this dancing. Yeah. And then later gets used to describe the dance itself. I mean, sure. People get their traditional dances from some really mad places. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Also, I think there might be an example of this in a ballet. Oh, yeah? Yes. So there's this ballet called Giselle. Mm-hmm. And in Giselle, um, she is a young maiden who falls in love with a young man in a village situation. Mm-hmm. And just as they're about to sort of fall in love properly and get married, she gets bitten by a snake. Oh. Um, and... And it makes her dance. Oh, no, wait. Maybe she doesn't get bitten by a snake, but she goes mad. She thinks she's been bitten by a snake. Right. And it makes her dance ah. in this, like, mad country fashion, which could be the Tarantella. That could indeed, because... Uh... Even though typically we're talking about spider bites here, it can also extend to scorpions. Okay. So I maybe maybe it would extend to snakes as well. Mm. I'm not sure. That that's something I'd have to look into. Well, the reason she thinks it's a snake is because she sees a sword while she's doing right. this dance and I is see. like, "Oh my gosh, a snake!" Yeah, and, and thinks that she's been bitten, but yeah. she hasn't. She just goes mad and then dies. So speaking of things being mad mm-hmm. this is mad right like i mean it's it's pretty bonkers yeah. also quick question if you had been bitten by something venomous yeah wouldn't dancing fast cause the venom to get through your blood quicker so i tried to research this because i had that exact same question I, I i was curious as to whether or not there was any actual benefit to sort of like high activity like sweating a lot increasing your heart rate and the problem is when you try and google poisoning and increased heart rate it comes up with a lot of stuff being like have you or your child been poisoned they might have an increased heart rate and various different things so it has been practically impossible for me to work out why this was seen as like this is a good thing and whether or not it might have actually you know made things worse because yeah. my my first thought would have been well this is going to 
like make things worse surely but well okay so on the one hand i feel like it would make things worse because it would speed up your heart rate Mm -hmm. but on the other hand it would presumably stop you from lying down yes that is true and one of the things that you shouldn't do if you get poisoned is raise the poison above your heart Mm. like where you've been poisoned that's true so maybe it could be beneficial because it means that you stay alert and you stay awake and you stay upright could be it seems like i mean possibly but i think the thing about things like poisons and venoms is that they all act so differently true that you're not going to have like one cure-all for things it's like that thing about how there's no such thing as like antidote just for poison uh, oh yeah, just on that note, the other thing that would come up whenever I was searching for like ways to deal with poison, like what would be good for it, mm-hmm. is it kept coming up with references to the Dungeons and Dragons spell Neutralize Poison. Oh man, I mean, I was just <laughs> thinking about like, what if the spider only does necrotic damage though? <laughs> God. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so yeah, I mean, th- this whole thing is pretty mad like why they came up with this why it became such a thing Mm -hmm. it is mad but we have a lot of sources about it okay admittedly many of them are describing second-hand accounts sure um but we do have a first-hand account from alexandro a neapolitan lawyer in the 15th century okay but question yes did he ever call my name because he shouldn't that's Alejandro. <laughs> anyway, uh, this extract is actually taken from a translation, uh, a German translation. Okay. Uh, right, I- so this is a German translation of an Italian talking about something that he's heard of. Uh, he witnessed. Okay, okay. Yeah. He says, I remember traveling together with some acquaintances in the wide, uneconomical regions which were drying out under the scorching sun. We heard the sound of drums, whistles, and flutes in all the towns and villages, and upon inquiring as to the meaning of it, we were informed that in these regions, it was a means of healing the people bitten by the tarantula. Then we went to a village and saw a young man affected by this disease. He seemed to have become insane, singing absent-mindedly to the beat of a drum while his arms and legs and entire body moved in beat with the music. It was obvious that the sound of the drums pleased him and lessened his pain, and he started to listen uh, more and more to the instrument. Gradually, his movements became more lively and finally he started to dance. It could appear to someone as being humorous and ridiculous, but when the drummer stopped to play for a short period of time, the patient suddenly seemed to go numb, lose his senses and faint. However, as soon as the sound of drums could be heard again, the patient regained his strength and started to dance with more vigour than before. Are you sure these guys are just getting high and like pretending it's tarantula bites? <laughs> it could well be. There are definitely people uh, of the era who thought that tarantism was just a myth. Right. And that occurrences of it were generally people faking for reasons that I'll go into later on. <laughs> okay. There are some solid reasons why you might fake tarantism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking, and they're some pretty good ones. Oh my god. (laughs) So as you can see there, we have a few symptoms already. And as I've said, sources disagree as to whether or not the dancing is a symptom or a treatment. Okay. And the exact symptoms of tarantism are pretty vague. Uh, Generally, the only sort of consistent ones are 
you dance right. either as a symptom or as a treatment and that you find music particularly appealing okay um, <laughs> but many other symptoms have been identified uh, these include religious fanaticism uh, some sufferers were said to kick the walls of local chapels and sort of beat their way in t- inside if they couldn't get in right they would clamber across the altars and climb the pillars um <laughs> Okay, they realise they're basically being cured by mad, like straight up magic, right? I mean, yes. Well, I think this is the thing. The Tarantism has quite a strong religious connection. Okay. Some uh, sufferers would sometimes be mollified by choral singing. So the <laughs> okay. the community would come together at the church where all these people are clambering over the pews and everything, start singing some lovely hymns, and then they would eventually, the sufferers would calm down and start joining in with the choral singing, and then they'd be cured. Amazing. I really want to see someone try that with Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rousing hymn. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the reason for this religious connection is that Dancing plagues in general were often seen as curses sent by saints, uh, particularly two saints, St. John the Baptist uh, or St. Vetus. Okay, so I know St. John the Baptist, Mm -hmm. as in Jesus's cousin. Yeah. Why would he send dancing curses? I have absolutely no idea, and I have not found a single reliable source to tell me why St. John the Baptist is involved with this in any way. Oh, hold up. I know. You do? I know. Salome. Salome? Salome. Salome, you too. <laughs> so, in the story of St. John the Baptist, yeah. he was being held prisoner by, I think, Herod Agrippa? Right, yeah. Um, And Herod Agrippa didn't really want to do anything with him, just, like, leave him in prison. Mm-hmm. But Salome, who was a relative of his danced in a very seductive way and he was like I'll give you anything you want because you did such a good dance and she went I want the head of St. John the Baptist on a platter oh my god right yes because I know that bit of the story Mm. but ah. but she got it because she did this amazingly sexy dance apparently Right, so that would make sense as to why St. John sends it as a curse. Yeah, he's not into dancing, I guess. No. He's much more into the staying in the wilderness, wearing camel hides and (laughs) eating um, locusts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's interesting, because like I said, I couldn't find a single decent explanation, but that that does make a lot of sense. Mm, Maybe he's like, all you people are getting too like seductive or something mm. so you're going to dance in a way that makes you more religious yeah that that does make a lot of sense sure the connection to saint vetus is a lot more direct okay because saint vetus's feast day would traditionally be celebrated with a lot of dancing okay and it's probably why it's seen as a curse from him because he's quite associated with dance uh, in fact Possibly as a result of this, uh, he is the patron saint of dancers and entertainers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Some of these sufferers, like, it seems they're just kind of, you know, partying, maybe getting a bit religious, Mm -hmm. generally all right. Some of them were quite forthright or even aggressive in their actions as a result of Tarantism. Okay. Uh, Some sufferers performed acts of self-flagellation. 
Okay. Uh, beating themselves with whips and sort of whipping themselves literally into a frenzy. Oh my God. Okay. They throw themselves into pits. I'm not sure where they got the pits from, whether they dug them specially or just went out and found one. Mm. I and, mean, it's medieval times. Pits aren't that hard to find. Yeah, that's fair. And when they were in the pit, they would demand to be beaten on the soles of their feet. Um, Guys... <laughs> Guys, if you wanted to be beaten on the soles of your feet, like do that before you go in the pit. Surely it would make more sense if your beater goes into the pit and then you have hang your feet over the edge. Nah, it's got to be in the pit. That's the only way I like it. I've got to be in the pit. They've got to be out of the pit on a box. Okay. So it's got to be real difficult for them to get to my feet. It doesn't really sound to me like those guys are actually have just been bitten by a poisonous spider like it it does sound like a religious mania yeah in in that case i think so i mean it, it only continues with this uh some sufferers would run around endlessly in circles okay and many apparently liked being thrown into the air or rocked in cradles or swings okay that just sounds like a fetish thing it does doesn't it I mean, either it's like, you know what, I'm just I'm just feeling really low right now. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a real religious time. It's yeah. got me down and I just want to return to infancy for a bit <laughs> and get and get swung about and, yeah. and chucked into the air. How did they know these people? Did they ask? I presumably they did, or like were just very insistent that they should do that like that this should happen. Okay. This doesn't make a great case for, you know, tarantism being a genuine disease. I, I think it's just it's just a way of people getting to do what they want for a bit. I, quite possibly. And there's definitely, in some cases, a quite a sort of amorous tint to uh, this disease. Right. Uh, people really wanted to get it on if they had tarantism. <laughs> so... You have not just been bitten by a spider. <laughs> Sorry. No. Like, you haven't been bitten by a spider. You would be worried about your foot. You wouldn't be worried about being lusty. Hey, baby, I've just been bitten by a spider. Come meet me over there in that hay bale. And then rock me to sleep gently. (laughs) I can't call you afterwards. I've got to be flung into the air. (laughs) So, one, another interesting symptom... And this one I find particularly interesting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to look into like, whether or not there is any actual basis of this as a symptom. Uh, sufferers of dancing plagues in general tended to react strongly to specific colours. Really? Yes. Okay. Tarantism did have this, but had a few noticeable differences. Among most dancing plague sufferers, uh, the colours uh, green, blue, and yellow would apparently be particularly attractive. Okay. Uh, they'd love anything with that colour. But amongst the uh, Taranti, as they were known, mm-hmm. metallic colours were favoured. Uh, some people would demand that people bring out like mirrors and swords if they had them and okay. other reflective surfaces in order to catch the sunlight. Okay. And... What? <laughs> they created the first disco ball. <laughs> I think they did. Amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, and uniquely amongst the Taranti, the colour red was particularly adored. Do you know what? I'm not surprised by that. I don't know why, but in my head I was like, they're going to want the colour red. But the thing is, other dancing plagues, sufferers hated the colour red. Okay. It's only with this specific, pl- this specific version of it that red was seen as like a good colour. Huh. In all other instances, people with dancing plague hated red. But no, uh, the Taranti absolutely loved it. They were mad for it. In fact, it gave birth to a specific sort of dye. Really? Yeah, because in places like Apulia, Mm -hmm. uh, where Tarantism was common, uh, they would obtain a red dye from shellfish in the region and it would produce a particularly sort of metallic-looking red. Okay. So that it, it kind of, you know, created a bit of an industry. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my gosh, though. I've just got this image of, like, when you're like, oh, yeah, tarantism was common. It's like normally dancing plagues, you're like, oh, that's that's weird. That's so, that's so far and few between. And suddenly it's like, oh, no, no, this is co- so common. People are like, oh, my God. Dave, he's been bitten by a tarantula again. Look at him. He's dancing in the streets. He's demanding that I whip the bottom of his feet. I am done with this shit. This is how common it was. In the area of southern Italy, guilds were set up of musicians who could specifically be hired to go to places where tarantism, where outbreaks were occurring in order to play because people wanted the music to be played continually. Right. And obviously that's going to be a strain on the local musician. <laughs> so they had specific tarantula musicians. Oh my God. Who you could pay to come to your village and, you know, play for this crowd of people. <laughs> okay. So, you know how sometimes particular small towns in mm. America particularly in West Virginia for some reason, yeah. have like a really weird cryptid slash alien sighting. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, they have like a special week where yes. everyone goes and like <laughs> celebrates Mothman or the Flatwoods Monster or something. Yeah. Is this like Apulia's answer to the tourist trap of medieval times? Like would people go there and be like man this is wild and while you're there you can buy this metallic cloth listen to these special tarantula people probably like get a clock in the shape of a tarantula or something like that um you know sample the local cheeses or whatever like is this what's going on there is a distinct possibility especially because some of these regions and this again just goes to being like this is not a real thing yeah it became an annual event. No, you can't <laughs> annually get bitten by a huntsman spider. For God's sake. Also, why did I predict that? I'm so cross. Yeah. Yeah, it would become an annual event. And like, people, like I said, a lot of, even people at the time thought that people were faking this because... <laughs> no shit, really? Okay, okay. It gets worse because in addition to dancing being a cure... Mm-hmm. People people did try out other things to cure this. Okay. One of the cures was drinking a lot of undiluted wine. Oh, great. <laughs> so okay. people were basically like, hang on, all these people are faking this to get a load of free wine. My God, this is like the Oktoberfest of Southern <laughs> yeah, Italy. Is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
It was also clearly enough of a problem that other people were looking for these other cures. Okay. Um, that included uh, hydrotherapy. Nice. Basically just keeping people secured in a bath until, <laughs> right. uh, like, and strapped down so they couldn't move or get out. Oh. Um, well, I mean, hydrotherapy was common right up until the early 20th century. That's true, but also I don't like the idea of being strapped in a bath. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there was a version of hydrotherapy where the Taranti would wear clothes that had been warmed and soaked in wine. <laughs> I know, that sounds gross. That sounds sticky. I don't yeah. like it. I mean, to be fair, Apulia is one of the regions of Italy that is like... It is one of the harshest places in the country. Okay. It gets a lot of sunlight. It doesn't get much rainfall. It is pretty hard to farm there. Right. And the heat is just oppressive. It's something about the uh, the geography of it means that it gets a lot of winds from uh, particularly hot areas. Okay. So you're not having a good time there anyway. So to be honest, if this is your excuse to just kind of like have a cool bath for a week... <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I mean... And you're probably sticky anyway. It, it sounds to me like they're not having cool baths, though. They're having, like, warm baths or, or warm wine. Well, they are with the wine. Uh, the hydrotherapy, I think it varied depending yeah. on region to region. Some places it definitely was a cool bath mm -hmm. um, because we actually have kind of an account of one of these annual events, like what how people's day would look. <laughs> right. And it's like, then the mayor went down and hosed them all down. <laughs> so, Get off the streets, you loons! So, basically, if you're in one of these areas that had this annual tarantism, right. then your schedule for that week would basically look like this. Wake up at dawn, mm -hmm. drink some wine, sure, dance until midday, Okay. Then you sit down and just kind of have a big sweat, like a sauna. Understandable, because you're apparently in a really hot area. Yeah. Okay. Then have a bath. Okay. Then have a nap. <laughs> right. Then get up, yeah. dance, and drink more wine until uh, into the night, basically, until you're too tired and go to bed. Okay. That sounds awesome like it does, right? <laughs> that sounds like people going abroad to like budapest or somewhere yeah. and going clubbing and then going into those baths that i can't pronounce because i don't speak hungarian very well yeah I mean, it, it pretty much is that yeah so to be honest like it sounds like the places that this mostly occurred were like it, you had a real hard life living there. Yeah. And occurrences were particularly common in women. Right. Who already were not having a good time because of the weather, but then even more so because of, you know, oppressive patriarchy and that. Yeah. Which is one of the theories as to why this is a mass psychogenic illness, because generally that term is used more commonly if it's something that affects mostly women. Okay. Um, and they didn't think, hey... Maybe all these women just really need some time out. I Apparently they didn't, but it, it's one of those explanations that this is just, you know, a stress reaction. Like someone has a breakdown, it triggers other people, and basically you've got a big party going on because, you know, everyone's living a really hard life. Yeah, okay. But also I love this idea. I've got this idea in my head now that it's basically all these, and I'm assuming kind of like... Um, 
mothering age women yeah. who are like, okay, so you remember how Teresa had that breakdown last year and then we all had a big party? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that was great. And My Joan's not looking well. <laughs> You know I, reckon, <laughs> I reckon we'll have another party soon. Oh, that'll be lovely, won't it? I'm not sure why we talk like this for we're from Italy. <laughs> it's because every middle-aged woman is a woman from a Victoria Wood sketch, that's why. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but basically, these women are just going, you know what, f*** all this. <laughs> It's, we're gonna have a party every year and no one's going to realize that we're doing it it's made particularly worse because uh, like i said like these 270 odd accounts oh my God. they yeah they also talk about how the people of apulia historically were not very clever when it came to the heat right Apparently, there was definitely this belief that, like, strong sunlight was very good for you and no precautions would really have to be taken against it. Right. And like I said, this is one of the hottest regions of Italy. And it was observed that some people, when they got too hot, would take off their hats that were, like, giving them the only bit of shade and lie down in direct sunlight and have a nap. Okay. Um, just quick devil's advocate here. Yeah. Are they just being rude about rural people, though? They are possibly just being rude about rural people. Because, I mean, that happens a lot, especially in chronicles about medieval peasants. It, it's, it is quite possible that that's what's going mm. on here. Um, I do have a couple of other explanations, though, that go into a bit more a bit more wacky. All right, go for it. Well, the first one is one that gets touted for every historical case of mass psychogenic illness ever. Is it ergotism? It's ergotism. Have we mentioned ergotism before? I feel like we mentioned it briefly. I We mentioned it in a throwaway, but we didn't actually say what it is. Well, would you like to tell all the nice boys and girls what ergotism is? All right then, children. Story time. Story time. <laughs> okay, so this is my favourite um, because I don't think there's ever been an actual proven case of ergotism, but every historian likes to trot it out every yep. time there's a case of people being weird yeah um, so um in countries that particularly rely on grain and i think particularly rye mm-hmm. um if you have a sort of damp season when the rye is supposed to be growing then fungus grows on the rye and this fungus is called ergot now ergot is kind of special in that it's basically the same chemical components as LSD. Yeah, it's an analogue. It's an analogue for LSD. Um, So, apparently, if you eat bread made with ergot in it, then you could possibly get high and stay high for months. And this is one of the explanations for things like Salem witch trials, is that just everyone was tripping balls. Yes, but it doesn't make any sense for the Salem witch trials. No. Um, so you've got to tick off that one. Mm. It might make, make a bit more sense here, because even though, as I said, tarantism was more common amongst mm-hmm. women, and particularly younger women, it did seem to affect everyone equally. There were accounts of like quite old men who were generally infirm getting up and having a big old jig. Yeah. So that's one of the arguments against ergotism is that it would affect everyone, not just specific people. That's true. Okay, so actually, if it's a sort of regular annual type event, Mm. I could kind of see this being the case. Presumably you've just made this bread. Mm. Um, Medieval peasants, as we discussed before, eat 
4,000 calories yeah. a day, mostly breads. You're eating a lot of that You're LSD. You're eating a lot of <laughs> that LSD. And also, if it's kind of more common in women, I wonder whether medieval peasant women would tend to eat more bread than medieval peasant men in that sort of like, hmm. maybe you'd give the better food to your husband uh, and you'd be more likely yeah. to eat the less good because we know that in patriarchal societies, women tend to look after themselves less than yeah. men who are... The breadwinners. So, yeah. Ah, there we go. The druggy, druggy breadwinners. <laughs> so I'm still going to say it's not likely mm-hmm. because, as we've said, ergot is one of those things that gets brought out whenever there's like, this oh, is man. weird. Why are people being weird? Well, it's probably ergot. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There is another even more mad suggestion, though. Aliens? Not quite. Oh. Not quite. Ancient cults. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Tell me about the ancient cults. Well, it was noted that uh, sometimes during these uh, tarantellas, Mm -hmm. people would start behaving in ways that were distinctly pagan. Oh, no. And it was likened by some historians of the time to the sort of bacchanalia Mm -hmm. of the cults of Bacchus and Dionysus. Right. The suggestion was that these cults hadn't been fully driven out by Christianization and instead had gone underground, basically having their own secret orgies every now and then. Okay. And that Tarantism was a way for them to basically come out of the woodwork and be like, hey, let's all dance and hey, I'm going to subtly spread my cult by getting more and more people involved in this dancing and like hypnotizing them. And also I'm going to break into a church and be real Christian. Well, they are messing the church up, to be fair. They're clambering over the altar, knocking stuff over, kicking open the doors. I mean, that's very Jesus-like behaviour, though. Well, I mean, yes, yes. But like I said, this is this is mad. Yeah. This, is, this is not the case. Okay. This is... I have... <laughs> okay, so... When I was younger, mm-hmm. and I was real into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> okay. and I was like... Okay, I'm really interested in this whole idea of Wicca, mm. but you know, it was relatively early on. The internet was only just getting started. Yeah. The idea of looking stuff up on the internet to find out about things mm. was mad because all you could find on the internet was flash videos. Yes. Ah, um, so uh, good times. <laughs> I I tried to read books about Wicca. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not representative of the Wiccan community as a whole this mm. is representative of my experience of trying to find out more about paganism yeah. as a way of life and yeah. also because i wanted to be able to do spells like willow mm. so damn we all absolutely so there was a tendency at least back in the late 90s early noughties uh, for these books to claim that wicca has a really long and enduring history that goes yeah. all the way back to the pagan times with absolutely no proof i mean we we've already talked in an earlier episode about the father of wicca yeah <laughs> it drove me insane because i was like this isn't true yeah why are you allowed to publish this in a book and now i think your whole religion is bullshit yeah i don't think that's any more Wiccans I think you're great but the people who published those books should yeah. not have been allowed to yeah now whoever's going <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we've been secretly underground having these yeah. no, no no they haven't no like the idea that people would be able to maintain that kind of underground religion mm. for so long yeah 
is absolutely wild. This is not to say that people can't have an underground religion for a really long time. Mm. We know, for example, that there were probably a lot of hidden Jewish people during the time when Jewish people weren't allowed in the UK. Um, And they managed to keep that underground and hidden. Mm. But the idea that you'd be able to keep your Bacchanalian orgies a secret, (laughs) no. Yeah. First up, no. Second up, it shows such a it shows such a misunderstanding of the level of influence of the church in the early medieval times because the church had barely any influence and the peasants had no idea what was going on. They could have been full on Alice and Al Bacchanalians and no one would have noticed for a real long time. That's all. Thank you for my rant. Yeah, I was going to say, this isn't one of our rant episodes. <laughs> Kindly shut up and let me finish. Right. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I mean, you can cut it if you want to. No, of course I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> it was good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as a theory, it is widely discredited. Good. It was... <laughs> I feel like you're shitting on my research here. Um... Uh, no, no, no. You started off that bit by saying it was mad. Yeah, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Okay. I, I'm just cross with the people who came up with this <laughs> nonsense. Well, I think people wanted it to be like... I, I think the, the people of the era touting this theory were kind of being like, could you guys stop doing this? It's not very Christian. Right. So that's why I think they came up with it. And then some people kind of went, you know, oh, this is what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, people love that idea of ancient cults. I mean, look at the popularity of theories about the Illuminati, a a topic that we will get on to later on. Well, we shouldn't be talking about the Illuminati here. I'm I'm trying to throw them off, all right? Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. we're going to talk. It's fine, it's fine. Hail the Grand Dragon. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the the main, the, probably the, the real cause of Tarantism is that it's a hysteria. Mm-hmm. Some people probably genuinely did believe that they'd been bitten. Yeah. And that they were, you know, in fear for their life. I think most likely it's a reaction to stress. Okay. It's a reaction to really stressful times. And this is just a way to kind of express yourself. You basically do just want a big party because things are a bit shit and you just want to express yourself. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. I've I've got this image now of like women secretly gathering around the fountain being like, okay, guys, it's time. Yeah, quite quite possible. I, I think it's more like one person does have a psychotic break. And like I say, there's a bit of a domino effect going yeah. on. Um, but like I say, th- this did last until the last recorded case of Tarantism was in 1959. Oh my God. Yeah, with a woman who said that, like, when they talked to her later on, said that it was because she believed she had been bitten by a spider and she couldn't stop her limbs sort of twitching in a sort of dancey way. Okay. And then she it like it was so uncomfortable the only thing that helped was if someone played music and she sort of moved changed that twitching jerky movement into a dance that's fascinating i know right okay so it's like they just need a rhythm yeah interesting it's very interesting um that is the last recorded case of tarantism we have it's hypothesized that basically as this kind of these traditional cultural things have been pushed out mm-hmm. because you know 
globalization basically um this isn't seen as like a reaction to this yeah so that's probably why it died out so also air conditioning i mean yes absolutely (laughs) i think we can pretty safely say that tarantism was not caused by a spider bite like Mm. you weren't compulsively made to dance because of the venom in a spider You'd have seen it in other places, surely. Exactly, yeah. So I think we can put that idea to bed, but it is a thing that happened and people did, you know, for better or worse, they did it. Yeah. And it was worse in some cases. People did die. Oh, but God. obviously some people, you know, clearly had quite a nice cathartic experience. <laughs> well, good for them. <laughs> good for them. Thank you very much for joining us for that episode of That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4, and you can email any suggestions for episodes to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, as well as any other music that Barnaby has used in the podcast. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and cure spider bites with dancing. Bye!